The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy the Terror Underwood. As promised, Keith Jesperson did call back, and we're going to jump right into that call right now. Here we go. All right, welcome back. <laughs> All right, welcome back, go. Keith. Let's just uh, okay. re- let's recap real fast since we're on a brand new episode. We were talking about the uh, the Don Slagle case, and uh, I wanted to point out that they that she had said on the Oprah show that she had mentioned that you were stomping on the baby. Which, for everybody that doesn't know Keith or hasn't read about him, Keith, you're a big dude. You're like six foot. Yeah, seven and because you know you're not met in person. You're six foot twelve, and, and as I'll my tell you, mom would say. And, and, and we're not talking like he, like he's not a thin guy. He's big, like not mm. fat, but just he's like he's he, built. He, he he's like there, he's like the, the Jolly car, Green Giant. He's built like a okay, The car I was in was a was a Nova, and it had a bucket seats in the front, and, and it, even though it's a Chevy Nova. At six foot six and about three hundred pounds, it's pretty hard for me to get around inside the car. Yeah, I was gonna say you're well, not stomping anything well, in a Nova, man. I was gonna say. No. I mean, I was gonna bring it into comparison because um, my son is about six foot six, six foot seven, and he couldn't even fit in my Mitsubishi. <laughs> you yeah, know? well, I can't. My my brother Brad bought bought himself a nineteen seventy six Mustang. I couldn't drive the damn thing. You couldn't fold yourself into that sucker, could you? I couldn't. I could not shift it because my foot wouldn't go past the steering wheel. Yeah, no, I I hear you jumping, you know, Big Bird. <laughs> yeah, so so this is this is the problem I had with the Don Flagel thing is that she had claimed in the Oprah show back in two thousand. It was it was actually Oprah's last TV show. Oh. They made a big thing about it, big old special. It was a big special thing about this being Oprah's last. TV show. Yeah, ever. her last interview. I watched that episode. And then, of course, she had where she tells, Melissa tells the kitten story, and then you can hear my ex-wife, her, her mother, say, what kittens? What are you talking about? And then right after that, Dr. Phil jumps over to Don Flagle, and she tells her story, and which she leaves out a whole bunch of stuff. She doesn't yeah. understand how she got from the place where it was up into back back to town. She doesn't want to let anyone to know that got back into my car. See, that I, see, that I convinced her to get back on the car to drive her back to town. Yeah, because I, I mean, cause yeah. I was telling Scott, I was like, oh my goodness, because from what I was listening to um, or watching on the episode that, you know, this, uh, the Devil I Know episode, that her story, Dawn's story was like, Completely different. Like, well, it's called right minimizing. Left. It's called minimizing. Well, it's it's, it's a the, it's a natural. It's a normal right. thing. People tend to well, minimize to the make themselves is, I mean, look like they're not as guilty. It's public, it's public record. The police report. Oh yeah, totally. All you have to do is get the police report from from the incident. Right, and, and that's that's the police report that she said and what I said. And right. you can compare them, and there's probably discrepancies, but it's not as much as there are now. Right, and I mean, and I can get those records from the the courts, and and I'll probably try to do that so that we can have you know. Well, you know what's really guess Here it is, and, and Lifetime movies did a show on me, and they David Arquette played me, right? Well, there you now, go. Don, Sla- <laughs> Don Slagle, Don Slagle sued Lifetime movie. You know why? Is because her character, the character that played 
was Candy was a prostitute from Shasta, I guess. Oh. And she knew that the only way that, so in other words, Don, so that was me, that was me, but I wasn't a hooker. Oh, well, so, there you go. So she's, she's claiming she wasn't a hooker to Lifetime, that her character wasn't, that she wasn't a hooker, that's defamation of character. Right. And no, no, she was just claiming she was a cocksucker, right? But not just one <laughs> cocksucker, but the best you know cocksucker. <laughs> but the best cocksucker in the state. Right? That's what she was claiming to be. You got to point. If she was the best cocksucker, if she was the best cocksucker, then she would have had to outdo other hookers, I guess. There you have it. I mean... Scott, contrary to what Scott says, I am not a prostitute either. But <laughs> I always tell Tammy, I, I, she goes, hey, I, uh, well, she'll make a comment. Well, I've seen you around Jubit's truck stop, so <laughs> I'm not a or hooker. on Burnside oh, or yeah. Sandy. I've seen you on Sandy. <laughs> that's, exit, that's exit 307. Let's just clarify, that's exit 307 off of I-5. If you're, look, if, you're, if you're looking for Tammy. <laughs> you know what? I hate you both. <laughs> oh, my God. This is why, uh, uh, honestly, we, we, with all the bad press that, that Keith has gotten, um, y- y'all are probably wondering why I get along with Keith in particular so well. Because he's just as sarcastic as you are. We, we, <laughs> we, we talk off the air, too, and Keith, uh, we, we have good conversations. And while I will say we don't condone yeah. what Keith did, Honestly, him and I get along great. Yeah. Okay, so... So the, so the one thing I'd like to bring up here is that because of the he said, she said argument I had for two years in the Don Slagle case. Right. When I went, when I had to deal with, when I had any issues dealing with women further down the road. Right. I, I didn't want to go through the he said, she said, or even the thought of that. And so I killed and moved on. Okay. Yeah, because, okay, so, because um, I'm just going to give briefly what she said, just so we have both sides of the story out there. And I will get the police report so I can corroborate whatever. Sure. Um, but according to what she said, she said that she had just had a fight with her husband, a terrible fight with her husband. So she grabbed her baby, left the house. And she walked, she ended up in this parking lot of the shopping center. So that cooperates. And she was yeah. holding her son and she was crying. And you came up to her and introduced yourself as Keith from Washington and that you were driving down to Sacramento for a job and that you had a couple kids in Washington and you had just left a birthday party. And then she says that you offered her a beer and she accepted and you guys began talking and you put her at ease and everything. And even though, and this is kind of cooperating a little bit about the BJ thing is she was a quote street savvy woman from LA that ignored her instincts and got into your car. Very street savvy. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, she well, says that she was only going to be in your car to finish the beer, but then you drove away and took her to this pullout to go to the bathroom and then when you got back in the car, you were a completely different person. And she went to go get out of the car and you grabbed her by her neck and shoved her face into the window. And he thought you she she thought you were going to rape her and she didn't know whether you're going to kill her or not. And then she was thinking at that point, where is her child? Because she didn't know where he she says she didn't know where he was. And um, he you, he you forced her 
to have oral sex with you. And then all of a sudden the baby screamed and she said, I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hurt my baby. And you stop because she says, I don't know if it was my pleas or the baby crying that made him stop. You know, so like I said, it was like complete opposite. I, I I would go to the police report. Right. Well, see, and that's what I'm going to do that because, you know, like I said, we'll corroborate everything. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, we did a drive around. Okay. She uh-huh. didn't mention that she was drinking the Jack Daniel. Right. The and that, that you supplied there. the beer that well, you had it with you already. Because the clerk, the clerk in the, in the convenience store confirmed that she bought the beer. Okay. We walked, we walked together to the store. We didn't drive to the store. We walked up to the store about a quarter, no, about eighth of a mile up. Okay. The little convenience store, if you go to the mall and you walk up that road to the east, there was a convenience store basically at the very end of the mall parking lot on the left side of the, of the roadway. Okay. And that's where we walked and we went up there and got the beer and then turned this around is... and walked back and got in the car. This is one of those stories, though, that, that is kind of like the cat story, and I'll explain why. Because in, in uh, a book that Keith and I discussed by, uh, I think his name is Jack Owens, um, it said that Keith had said to him that he tried, that Keith had tried to rape some Native American girl uh, who was wearing his jacket that he gave a ride to, blah, blah, blah. And Keith and I talked about that. That isn't what happened there either. So it's one of those things like, you know, you yeah, some, somebody writes something, yeah. and then so- it... So then when somebody I tell else hears people it. The story, when, I, when I tell people the stories, see, this is what happens with Olson. Olson comes to me and he says, I want you to tell me the whole truth, right? So I tell him the whole truth. But at the end of the book, when before I even read the book, he says to me, I had to change a few things because it wasn't juicy enough. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I'm yeah. going like, what do you mean it wasn't juicy enough? You'd think that the facts are juicy enough. My daughter said the same thing. Melissa said the same thing to me one time. She said, your story's not juicy enough. It needs to be juicy up a bit. I said, I can't yeah. make stuff up and, and make it fly. It's not going to happen. Right. Well, and that's one thing Scott yeah. and I talk about all the time on our ep- uh, with everybody we cover is we will only provide the facts, you know, as well, I don't want from you what to we can. Yeah. From what we can see, we're not going to like embellish anything because that's it's like that's not what we're about um but according to don also is after you stopped you know the process of raping her whatever um you took her back to town and said to her and i'm quoting here don't ever get in the car again with someone you don't know because it might very well be the last thing you ever do well that sounds like uh 2020 hindsight when they when after I've been convicted of murder, right? Yeah, no kidding. Well, huh? and, yeah, I mean, this, see... what they're, they're, this is what my daughter is doing right now. She's talking about how she's going back. Oh my God, I remember now what I what I thought thought happened back then. I'm trying to pull out things right. that might make sense to me now, but didn't make sense to me then. See, and that's that's one thing that I was getting in that I was going to get into as well is. Because from according to this docu series, they made it sound like you had already killed all your victims by the time you attacked Dawn. No, I only had one. Right. That I mean, that's what I'm yeah. getting at. And then, um, and even then, I didn't really want to kill, but I did. Right. And I, because of Dawn is probably why I went on and kept on killing because 
I didn't want that he said, she said thing to happen. I spent two years. I was arrested like three times over this. And each time I get exonerated. I mean, you know, somewhat. They cut me loose. You know, and then, of course, later after I'm convicted, they have the hindsight to go back in and commit a fraud and, and rewrite in what they said happened in 1993. They actually rewrote it. Uh, claiming that uh, I stood in front of a judge in 1993 and pled guilty to a misdemeanor battery charge in the Don Slagle case and got time served. Right. Well, and I'd like to point out, too, is that um, if that were the case, and you mentioned this in a letter you wrote to me, is that if you had done what they said you did, you know, because even if you raped her, that wouldn't have been dropped to a misdemeanor Assault. No, nothing would have been dropped or Mister. Exactly. So my whole they thing dropped, is, they, in other words, they dropped everything down and even went back and rewrote it as a misdemeanor battery charge. You know what a battery charge is? Basically, I could walk up to you and just push you, and that's battery. Yeah, exactly. It's the threat of violence. Yeah, yeah. it's a threat of. It's not even. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's an interpretation of, of of an action. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, because. I mean, and I'd like to point out that if that, I mean, if the story, the story they're telling is actually true, you would have been convicted of a, at least a, you know, felony because a rape and is a I felony been, and they wouldn't have dropped it to battery. Yeah. And, and if so, I had been convicted of a felony, right, I would have been deported back to Canada back to and Canada. this would never have happened. Right. And the only yeah. victim would have been Tanya Bennett. Well, there was one thing That's that right. I noticed in, in talking with, with Keith and, uh, and what have not. I'm not sure if Keith and I talked about this or not, but it, it just seems, especially in your case, Keith, that they're trying to get you to fit two out of the three criteria for the McDonald triad. And for those of you that yeah. don't know what the McDonald triad is, there's three factors that make uh, that, that, that show potential for violent behavior in Later the future, in life, yeah. which is arson. Mm-hmm. Torturing animals, abuse to animals, and, and wetting the bed. And, and wetting, yeah. It just it really sounds to me like they're trying to kind of get the story you. to conform to that. Yeah. Well, this is the FBI for you. I mean, they want to profile everybody, and they they ask questions. They hope that everybody fits a certain agenda. Right. No, that's correct. And and I'm not. I don't fit that agenda. That's why for a long time. I have never had a trial, right? Right. I've never had a trial. I have six murder convictions. Right, because you pled guilty to everything. I pled guilty. I told them I would. Yeah. You if, you, sp- if you want, I told them if you fight me, we'll uh-huh. go all the way. See, and I... I said, if you, want to, if you want to settle this right away, we'll just settle it. Right. And we and did. I, I mean, and, and they yeah. have a problem. Whenever they had a problem, they said, well, we're going to give you a polygraph test. I said, go for it. Right. I have passed all the polygraph tests, telling them I did not, I did not rape any of them. Right. And I was being truthful to the detectives. Right. Everything was on the up and up. I mean, they just, they kept coming back and going, he's telling you the truth. Wow. Which pisses them off. It pisses them off because they want to be, they want to find me lying in some respect. Well, and I did find out of Clark County, and I will probably put this on our website too, is that to corroborate your story, uh, you signed a waiver of speedy trial. You know, yeah. the, you know, the whole thing that, cause 
with my incident because you know my you know one of my co-defendants you probably knew the other one another one too but um for the whole thing is like when it comes to like a capital case like that they draw it out as long as they can because they want to make sure they get a conviction so if you sign a you know waiver of a speedy trial that means that you're willing to just give up give up all that investigation and stuff and say nope i did it you know well i said you know I told my lawyer just to plead me guilty. Right, right. I said I don't care about this. I'll plead. I'll plead guilty to the murder. I'll plead guilty what I'm guilty of. Right. And okay. That's what they had to deal with. Yeah, I mean, but we didn't have it in Washington State. I did not have a deal. I just pled guilty, and they and they. I, we all figured we were going to get thirty years, somewhere around there. And I got thirty-four and a half years in the Winningham case. Right, four hundred some odd months is what I saw. I got thirty years with a twenty minimum in the Bennett case, and I got thirty-seven and a half years straight behind the Bennett case for the um, uh, Pentland case in Washington County. Okay, for what case in Washington County? Pentland, Lori Ann Pentland. Can you spell that? She died in the. She died in uh, on November eighth of ninety two. Mm-hmm. In the uh, Burns Brothers truck stop in Wilsonville. Oh, okay. And okay. her body was her body was placed in behind Wearmark, a mile from this prison. Okay, and then body behind Wearmark. Okay. Um. Now, let's see here. Where did? Oh no. Um. So, by this time. I mean, and then all of a sudden, after the whole Dawn thing, this documentary jumped to the summer of 1995. And according to this series, that you never spent any overnights or took the kids on vacation prior to that summer. And even though Melissa was very uncomfortable being with you, she alone went on vacation with you to the Oregon coast during that summer. No. All my kids went with me at any given time. Okay. My daughter, oh. Melissa, was never by my side alone. Okay. When I showed up in town, I always picked up all three kids. See, and that's what would I make always... more sense to me, not just singling out one oh. child. <laughs> no, she wants to know this. When, okay, so she said I picked her up all by herself and went on vacation to the Oregon coast. Where did we go? Yeah, there and there was nothing where she said where you guys stayed or anything. Um, so where do we go? Okay, she said we went over to uh, what name they used, and that was probably what she's trying to say is we went to uh, Astoria or Warrington to see Royce Knoyer, Elvis Knoyer, and Stevie Knoyer, her current husband. Okay. And yeah. And whatever name was they, they used, but they didn't want to use that name. They wanted to leave off the name. But at that time, I brought all three kids, and I mm-hmm. was driving the Mercury Topaz, 1984 Mercury Topaz, and my wife, my ex-wife, had gotten my 84 Oldsmobile wagon, and she'd gotten that earlier that year. Okay. Yeah, see, like I said, it, this whole document, I told Scott, I said, there are so many contradictions in this thing, I just, like appalled that they even aired it in 95 she yeah. said in 95 I, I took him to took her there in 95 yeah that you took her the summer what of year? 1995 I mean, 
She what, didn't say what, what day, month. What month? Yeah, she didn't, didn't say, say what month. Because okay, weren't you arrested? I was arrested? Yeah. I was arrested March 24th, 1995. See, that was my whole thing, is that I know for a fact that Julie's body was found in March of 1995. And yeah, according and to course, Melissa, you took her um, to um, the summer of 1995 that you I, took her... <laughs> This is what gets me, is in the summer of 1995, you took her to the Oregon coast, and that's when she met Julie Winningham. However, Julie's body was found in March of 95, which is spring of 95. She never met, she never met Julie. I was going to say, so how could she, and she said that Julie was small and petite. She knew, she knew of Julie in, in okay. 1993. Okay, She knew see. of Julie in 1993. I mentioned that I had uh, a girlfriend named Julie Winningham right. in 1993, but she had never met her. Yeah, because I was telling Scott, the timeline doesn't match up, because how can she meet somebody who's already dead? <laughs> I met Julie I met Julie in, in, at the Burnt Brother truck stop in right. Troutdale, Oregon, in 1993, in the Texas Spring, and she just hopped in the truck with me, and I made a run over to uh, Associate Grocers Seattle and delivered, and I went over to Yakima, had my truck serviced, and then I went up to Othello up in that area, and I picked up a load of potatoes for uh, Lucky Stores in Irvine, California, which I made my delivery on time. Mm-hmm. And after that, we went to Knott's Berry Farm. We parked the truck over in Fontana, a truck town, and I, and I bobtailed to... Uh, Knott's Berry Farm, and, and uh, we went in that night and spent the night on the rides and everything at Knott's Berry, at, at, yeah, in, in California. Okay. Now, I do have another question. Is that after, sure. they said that after you they found Julie's body and everything, you went and picked up Melissa and Spokane in your semi-truck to take her out to breakfast. And she says that she after got in. After they found Julie? After they found Julie, and that no, when I was she got... at a cribbage tournament. I was at a cribbage right. tournament in Baker, Oregon. See, and that's what I was going to ask there, you. Was, from there, I was headed to uh, out to Pennsylvania with a load of of uh, wood I picked up in Chalice, in Chalice, Oregon. Not okay, Chalice, Oregon. so at no yeah. point she was in your semi driving downtown, no, no, sitting I was, on. I was headed. I headed east. Right. When I got to uh, Pennsylvania, I went over to Washington, PA, and picked up a load of stainless steel. Okay. And I hauled that over to just a, to a mine north of Demings, New Mexico. Okay. Because, like I said, she said, I was in his truck. He was taking me to breakfast, sitting in the cab, on, on his mattress in the sleeper, when some duct tape rolled out and hit you on her leg, uh, hit her on the leg. And she thought it was strange because she said she saw it come from under the pillow. Under um, the pillow. There was no way she would have saw it. And then it suddenly hit her on the leg. And I was thinking to myself, I have duct tape in my car right now underneath a blanket. Oh, Tammy, you're next on the episodes. I can tell it already <laughs> with the duct tape. It's on yeah. The, it's, it's laying on its side, so it's sticky. It just stays there. Yeah. I mean, and my yeah. whole thing is, is I, yeah, it's not going to roll out from underneath a pillow all of a sudden. And then no, she sees no. it come this from is, a pillow, is, but it suddenly hits her in the leg. <laughs> this is her. This is her trying to inject herself into a story that she's not in. Okay. Because she also said that at breakfast... 
she said that she thought you were going to confide in her about something. And you said, you know, Melissa, not everything is as it appears to be. I have something well, I need to her. tell you, but I'm afraid you'll tell the authorities. God. Yeah, why would I tell my daughter that I yeah. would uh, well, uh, tell the is, authorities? Through this whole episode, she talks about how you were confide. Okay, from the time that you got a divorce when she was 10 years old until you got arrested in 95, she said that you would pick her up and confide your, and this is a quote from her, his sick fetishes with me. Sick fetishes? Yeah, to a child. I sent her, okay, I sent her from prison. I sent her a card and it was made out of Boris Vallejo, Julie Bell painting. Okay. And I sent it to her and she made it sound like I would send her some smut. Oh, well, there you How go. dare I? It was, a, it was a picture of the woman climbing out of an eggshell. Okay. It was, I, I, it was into a birthday card. It was made into a birthday card. Okay. And I was sending her a birthday card and she made a big deal about, oh my God, this woman's naked. No, she was painted. It's a painted picture. Anyway, oh, that's no. why I don't send her any. I don't send her any artwork. No way in hell will I sell my daughter an artwork because she'll make something out of it that isn't. Right, and I was telling Scott. Well, and I was telling Scott because Scott and his daughter are very close, you know. And from everything that I mean, up until apparently you and your wife separated, you and Melissa and your kids were really close too. At no point yeah. would Scott tell his daughter about his sex life, no matter how benign it is or how extreme yeah. it is. But, you know, because that's not the relationship. You don't go, I mean, I can see you telling your son, but not your daughter. You know. Well, it's just, it just doesn't, it isn't adding up. Exactly. Well, and that's just it. it I mean, I was up. like, she the just, timeline she, doesn't add up. And she has this 2020 hindsight. She wants to be able to be involved in all the cases. She has right. a certain narrative she wants to tell, and she changes her stories to fix the narrative. Right. And, bec- and because nobody is challenging her, exactly. she gets Until away now. with it. <laughs> Until now. She's getting away with it. She's getting right. away with it because no one's challenging her. Now that we are challenging her right. with this, this is what's challenging her, and she's going to be upset. Why? Because now it's... She's going to sit back and go like, "Don't confuse me with the facts." Right. Don't ch- don't change yeah. my timeline, you know. But yeah, don't change it. And we invite her to contact us and you know rebut everything, you know. I hope she does, but she won't. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. She won't. She won't. <laughs> she will. Well, you can ask. Right. But I'll make a bet that she won't. She she'll 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 run and hide. Okay. She doesn't. Yeah, she like, doesn't want. She doesn't want to have confrontation. See, and that's the whole thing is Scott and I were talking about. I think my wife, my ex-wife, Rose, decided to side with her on stories because it was was a payable expense here. She wants to back up her daughter and she wants to make, uh, she wants to make me out to be as evil as can be, right? Right. Yeah, so I was married to her for 13 years. Her current husband who married her a month after we were at divorce, uh, was married to her for 33 years. Now, she's passed away uh, last year, April of of 21. Rose, Rose passed did? away. Okay. Yes. Now, wow. you don't you don't see that in the news, do you? I mean, Melissa's no, not talking about her. I was going to say, no, I have not heard any of that. <laughs> yeah, she passed away 
um, April fourth, I think of, of uh, and I didn't hear it from her. I got it. I got a. I got a letter in the mail with a with a picture of my of my my wife's passing uh, from a from a complete stranger. Oh well, there you go. Family never let me know. Family didn't let me know. Wow, dude, that's cold blooded, man. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. kind of cold. You know, and I was talking to Scott too because you know, because I kind of see what your daughter's doing. Because when I got arrested, my mom called my dad because he lived in Iowa at the time, and said, "I just need you to know that Tammy's been arrested. This is what she's being charged with." You know, blah blah blah. And the first words out of my dad's mouth is, "Why does this always? Why is this happening to me?" And my mom goes, "Last yeah. I checked, it's Tammy that's in jail, not you." You know, so it's like they make it all about them. You know. Well, it's, it's all about family. Yeah. And why are you dragging me? Now, my my dad was the same way. My dad was like, "You're you're blaming me. They're all looking at me for answers, and I don't have them." I'm like, "Why? Why do you even answer the question?" <laughs> you know? Well, and that's just it. Is um, you know, and I I was thinking about this earlier. Is that there are some documentaries out there that say that you, you came from an abusive household as well. Not they, really. Okay. I was spanked. Okay, I was. My dad used the belt on me a few times over, and I can count them on probably two hands. I was going to say we've all been where, spanked. <laughs> how many times I've had been spanked? Okay. Probably deserved it. I probably deserved it nine out of ten times. But did he one emotionally abuse you? One minute oh. remaining. I'll go yeah. ahead and call you right back. I guess. Fantastic. All right. All right. We'll all talk right. to you here in a minute, Keith. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs, get the full story without any of my BS going on. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And remember, if you're hearing this on anybody else's podcast or show, once again, they are lying, cheating bastards. We'll see you guys in a bit. Bye-bye.